Hey, Giant fans, welcome to the Giant Insider Podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is the beat writer in the heart of Giants Nation, Chris Bizignano. Chris, we have a special guest today. Kick, uh, t- take it away, buddy. All right, everybody. Um, here's a guy I really, I really admire and the work he does. And he's a fellow Paisan, uh, Rick Severtella from the NFL Draft Bible. <laughs> um, Rick, welcome, my man. Um, you know what? Been looking, we were looking to have you on last show. Whatever the hell happened if you didn't, but uh, beginning of this draft process, the offseason, I said to Jerry, hey, we got to get Rick on. And I'll tell you why, everybody. Um, I've been looking at Rick's work the last two, three years, four years, whatever it's might have been, and nobody does a better job than Rick and his staff. Um, the way he breaks it down, it could be flags, technique-wise, bio, personal background, the way he ranks them down. He's always usually spot on, and not many people are. I'm sorry to say it, but I looked at Rick, and um, Rick, I want to, you know, praise you and your staff, dude, because when I look at your draft Bible, and I see the way you had him ranked, you're right there mostly all the time, and I always look for little things, Rick. I look for a lot of times you put the little flags, like, look for instance, Andrew Thomas last year, the Giants, we all know, took him. I'm going to ask you about him in a second. But you, you put technique issues, all that. And sure enough, Rick, here I am in training camp every day, last summer. And one of the, big, the biggest issue Andrew had was technique issues, okay? So I wanted to, you know, just throw a shout-out to you and you guys, man. And I know you guys do thousands of hours. You watch thousands of hours of tape. You're into all these kids, scouting them. And it's not an easy job, brother. And, and, and you do a hell of a job. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me. And is a lot of sacrifice and you know thank god we have the staff that we do because i will put my guys up against any nfl front office i say that not to brag not to be arrogant not to boast by any means but this is what the nfl teams tell me okay so they tell me we got stuff they don't have we got players ranked they don't know about and so, I, I, I mean, I go out to the Hub football camp about once a month. We're getting street-free agents signed on the spot. I interact with the scouts. They say, hey, we, we, we don't check these online websites, but we value what you do, man. Great job. And, you know, it's really a testament to my staff. Again, it's the hardest-working crew in the business. And you know what? I'll tell you what. The product we're going to deliver this year, unbelievable. Our 19th year of NFL draft coverage. So, uh, we partnered up with Sports Illustrated, and yeah. it really grew our audience. And a lot of people may have never heard of us. Well, hey, believe you me, it didn't happen overnight here. Uh, we've been around, and we came from the underground. And so now we're going mainstream, and that means a lot to you, Chris and Jerry, and uh, really appreciate the love there. Well, Rick, you know what? One, uh, one, I'm sorry, Jerry, one second. Rick, you know, listen, part of my... My act is, and, it's, and me and Jerry, the giant inside and all that, we don't bullshit people, you know, and, and I'm not going to bullshit you, Rick. I only really discovered you the last three years, three, four years, yeah. and when I did, I was very happy to do so. So, it's just another shout out. Great job by you, and I guess we'll get into it, right, Jerry? Let's start getting into yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Buckle up. Rick, <laughs> um, Giants with the 11th pick. Look, they need help on the offensive line. They're going to look around maybe edge the whole deal. When you look at this 11th pick, if they go offensive line, Rick, talk about Rashawn Slater. This could be a guy to look at. Where do you see him? God, tackle, tell us about him. 
you know, I think that it, the height and length was an issue coming into his pro day. We spoke to the uh, uh, school back around this time a year ago, and they said, we got a guy that the NFL scouts love. I mean, they just love him. And they said, we got Rashawn Slater, and his measurements were kind of all over the board. Of course, with COVID, we couldn't go into the campus and do school visits, get the verified measurements. So here we are waiting to the, the pro day to say, hey, what's the height? What's the arm length? And he came in at over six foot four. He had just about 34 inch arms, maybe a shade under. But to me, based on the body of work, based on what he's been shown to do, I mean, hey, if you get drafted by the Giants, you're going to play, play Chase Young twice a year. Not a, not a bad equalizer right. in terms of what Rashawn Slater, you know, kind of tossed him around like a rag doll. And so to me, the talent and ability is there to survive at tackle. And you look around the league, the Giants aren't the only ones with offensive line problems right. to me. And the right tackle now is just as a, almost just as valuable Absolutely. as the left tackle. And I look around the league, what team doesn't want to upgrade their tackle position? Right. So to me, it's like, hey, you try him out at tackle, and worst case scenario, if you do have to kick him inside, well, you've got yourself a pretty damn good starting guard for about the next decade, health willing. Rick, yeah, one second. Just let me follow one second, Jerry, please. Rick, would you take him at 11? Is he an 11th overall pick talent? He is. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, and look, Rick, if you looked at my mock, you'd, you'd laugh at it probably and throw it in the garbage. But I don't have him even getting to 11 because of what you just said, uh, the, you know, the needed tackle. And that was the interesting thing with Slater. Like, he's listed his tackle, but then there's draft analysts who have him as the, as the top guard. So I'm, I'm glad Chris brought him up. I don't see him falling to 11. Um, I was going to ask you before, like, kind of take a step back and, and maybe give a, a, a 30,000-foot overview of, of your role. Like, how does your process throughout the year? Like, what do you guys do? Like, are you looking at, how do you, how do you break down your, your organization? Like, are some people looking like in the Southeast and the, the Northeast schools? Like, how's that all work? I'm just curious. Yes. I know we only have 30 minutes on this show or so. You know what? Time's yours, man. You can take longer cool. if you want. Well, let yeah. me just go real. Let me rewind. Yeah. Bring it back to uh, Rashawn Slater. So we actually had him in the guards until the pro day. Because arm length is a big deal. You know, 34 inch is kind of where you want to see it. Yeah. And when we saw it, we said, all right, time to move him to tackle. Same deal with Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Yeah. I now have him as a projected right tackle at the next level. And okay. same deal. Like, hey, if he doesn't work out, you can kick him inside. Uh, in terms of what we do at the NFL Draft Bible, so... You know, I, I am basically down to just writing the letter from the editor, <clears throat> which is me. Uh, and we're going to finish up the draft Bible, you know, tonight, deliver that tomorrow. However, my staff has already turned the page about a month ago. They already moved on to the 2022 draft cycle. And, and wow. we have a database now. I think it's up to 15,000 players. Unreal. It's on the website now, believe it or not. It's a yeah. beta version. It's a little funky. But it's up there if you want cool. to dive into if you want no, to take, I will, yeah. Yeah, if you want to take the deep plunge into our prospect <laughs> database, we've got players in there regardless of draft class 2022 and beyond. We rank them all, and you'll see in the publication we have the 2022 rankings. We grade the best prospects in the world. I don't yeah. care. You know, they most of them happen to be in the United States of America. But if you're in Canada, we'll find you. If you're in Germany, we'll find you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we got this database, 15,000 guys. We got regional scouts. We got senior scouts in each region. The way we've broken it down is 
four sections. We've got the West Coast. We've got the Mid uh, Central Midwest. Then we've got the Northeast and Southeast broken okay. down. And so we have senior scouts at each section. We have junior scouts under them. We have scout coordinators uh, underneath them. The other unique aspect is NFL Draft Bible is the scouting service provider for NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, one of the big three all-star games. Now, we have sharing scouting uh, front office. I, I, I view them both like front offices because I have my staff. Then you have the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl staff where, you know, Dane Vandernat was director of pro personnel, worked in the Raiders front office for over a decade. Riley McKenzie, uh, who needs no introduction. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Dave McLuhan, one of the best scouts that I've ever been around. Right. Uh, Von Hutchins, who played, you know, a decade in the league with the Colts, was a scout with the Raiders. So Ron Hill, I mean, former NFL GM, being able to pick his brain. And so, like, now we have all these opinions and evaluations. And so this year was a different beast. Uh, Two years ago, I went to 25 games, and I visited (laughs) another 25 or 30 campuses. So I saw 75 to 80 schools in person. Unbelievable. This year, I had none of that. Right, yeah. So it was a little it had a different dynamic. Trying to track down these measurables has been a disaster. And so, you know, the, the, the process for next year already begun. And so now, you know, each scout will be responsible for their region, just like a regional scout. We'll have our scouting calls. We'll do as many campus visits as we can. We get out to as many uh, spring ball games, practices, games, you know, on, on a regular season. And, man, I'll tell you what, uh, we, we whittle it down and try to get, you know, the top 500 players' scouting reports right. on. And, and, and like you guys alluded to, it's it's not just the analysis. Like, you go dig into uh, Najee Harris's background, yeah. and we've got, you know, the, the, the family abuse, the upbringing, the childhood, the background, yeah. like the right. medicals, you know. Uh, there, there's a couple guys I, I watched on draft Twitter. You're talking about this guy. Did, did you check the medical report? Like there's not a team touching this guy. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's very important stuff because, you know, if you don't have that access, we communicate with the pro liaisons. We communicate with the coaches. I'm in the cafeteria hanging out. I'm in the tailgate with the parents, you know, drinking brewskis before the game. I want nice. to see who, 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 who's invited to the game. Right. Who they surround? Is Good it family? Yeah. Is wow. it the entourage? You <laughs> find out a lot about who's hanging so around in the nice. in the parking lot. So we right. we got you covered when it. And I'm telling you, hey, big shout out to Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, all the people that paved the way before me. I'll tell you what, they ain't doing what we're doing. That's, that's fascinating, man. Rick, as you know, that's something NFL teams want to know. They want to know what time these kids go to the bathroom in the morning. So when you give them information about, yeah, well, they're hanging out with, you know, a certain group of guys that, you know, you might want to know about, you know, they, they want to know all this, brother. You know that, man. So The Justin Blackman story is fascinating. You guys remember that deal? No, I don't. Go ahead. Refresh. So, I, I, and I think it, I forget what team it was, but the scout, his, they said, we want you to go down. Where was he coming out of? Oregon State? Yeah. Or, or So I want you to go down to this. uh local campus bar that supposedly he frequents. Just hang out there all day. Mm-hmm. Just stay there all day. I want you to count how many times Justin Blackman comes into that bar. No kidding. And the wow. guy's hanging out. He's reading the paper. He's doing it. Right. Wow. Right. Half a dozen times a day, Justin Blackman off the board. Wow. 
Unreal. You know? I'll give you another one. I'll give you another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, DeAndre yeah. Baker. And I don't ah. mean... Hey. Oh, oh my hey. God! Thanks, thanks, thanks Rick. Thanks. Hey, did I kill us? We're only ten minutes in. Did I touch a sore spot here? Yeah, tell us about it, Yeah, it just it blew my mind. And again, it goes back to like the homework that we're doing is, you know, really high level stuff. And so to me, I didn't put it in the draft guide, right? Because, you know, there's a borderline between reporting and really ruining a guy's career. Yeah. Sure. And I didn't want to ruin DeAndre Baker's yeah. career, right? Mm-hmm. You know, look at uh, the trouble, you know, when Cam Newton came out, the guy said he had a fake smile. They, they murdered the guy for the, in his draft guide, remember? Sure. Yeah. But, you know, so, hey, DeAndre Baker, he's training really, you know, one of the top, if not the top trainers, and I, I, I won't mention him, but he said, hey, I visit a lot of training facilities. I'm down there. I said, where's DeAndre Baker? I, I saw him on your list of combine trainees. He said, you know, DeAndre showed up the first day. We haven't seen him since. I said, oh, really? I said, well, what's the deal? I said, uh, isn't the agent paying for that? Yeah, we called the agent. He just kind of laughed and chuckled. And, you know, hey, it's his money if he wants to flush it down the drain. So here's a guy that showed up for day one of combine training in January, was never to be seen or heard from again right. until his pro day. And if you remember, or or the combine, and if you remember, it was a, was debacle. a debacle. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yep. Because he didn't train a single day no. for that, and it blew my mind. And here I am in New Jersey, and I'm not—I don't mean to call out Mr. Gettleman, but I'm well, like, that was our next question, though. Like, do they know this? I got asked. Did the teams well, know this? And so the, the Giants are giving up picks, trading back into the first round to draft this guy. It blew my mind. Yeah. I'll tell you something else. I was going to say real quick, Rick, just to, to tell you, I was in, I was at the draft that year and Chris and I are going back and forth. He's at the stadium and he's covering it. And I'm at the draft and we're like, Daniel Jones at six, uh, Dexter Lawrence. Uh, uh he's going to, you know, he's good, but not a need. Okay. The only one we feel good about DeAndre Baker. So that's, that's just, <laughs> a, that just goes to show you. Go ahead, well, and I, and I think the guys this year, you got to really look out for two, two big, bigger names. Micah Parsons is a guy that could really fall drastically. Uh, there's some bad stuff. Oh, wow. And Davion uh, Nixon, the defensive tackle out of uh, Iowa there, is, okay. has got some situations going on. Okay. But, uh, you know, the Micah Parsons, I'll tell you, you know, I, I've got some news on him that the NFL teams uh, won't confirm, but they also won't deny it. Oh, so they, were wow. so, they are aware of this, Rick. So, yeah, so, and I'm just, I'm, I, again, it's like, if I know it, I'm sure there's other people walking the planet that know it. So there's a, is a media just holding on to this story, like a Laramie Tunsil and waiting a draft day. It wouldn't shock me because it's been out here now for a few months. And again, I've, I've got, you know, my, my sources and then, you know, trying to confirm it with, with a, a second source has been tough, but I'll tell you what, Reading the tea leaves, there's a lot of smoke where there's fire type of thing. Could he? Could he? Be, I, you don't have to tell us what the news is, but could he drop to the second round because of it, or you he don't could. see that happening? Yeah, because wow. Reuben Foster. I mean, there's another yeah, situation right. where remember the 49ers, yep. They're high. They're high fiving in the war room. Hey, we were thinking about taking them at three. Yeah, and, and, and they're celebrating because they got him at 28 or 31 or whatever it was, and he's no longer on the roster. So you know how that went. Yeah, Matt, I, I remember Reuben because I liked his game, and I was wondering why he dropped. 
so much. When you see that, you kind of figure something's going on with this kid. You know what I mean? So, Rick, as far as Micah, are we talking, I mean, obviously this is more than maturity issues. This is something like that is a serious red flag where, you know, this is a kid you draft and you're worried about him winding up in a jail cell two nights later. Are we talking, I'm not going to ask you definitely what you heard, Rick, but are we talking like that category there? Well, that's, that's a, a possibility. That's a fair assessment. Okay. Well, thank, thank okay. you very much, Rick. And I, like you said, if he starts plumbing in the draft, then you know why. I mean, obviously with this kid, because he's very talented, as we know. You know, it's like, it's like the movie Major League. Cross him off, then. <laughs> like, all right, there we go. And, and it's a shame because here's a kid that's like 250 running in the four threes. Yeah, right. Right. Sick. And you just got to now weigh that risk-reward. And I, I still got them going to the Dolphins, I think. Uh, they're at, what, what are they, at six 12. Na- 12 now or something like oh, that? Oh, they moved up to six. I'm sorry. Six. Yeah, so, they yeah, moved up so to six. Sorry. I still, I, you know, and we'll see. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a bombshell drops within the next four weeks I'm or I'm going to so. put you on the spot here, my man, my fellow Paisan. You ready? He falls <laughs> to 11. The Giants are up. Would you take him? Just based on what we dealt with with the uh, DeAndre Baker situation, I would have to pass. Okay. Would would they pass? What do you think? I think so. Okay. All right, Rick. Next category, next position, Giants are going to be very interested in, I'm sure, is going to be the edge position. Now, very interesting kid coming out. We all know Greg was so out of Miami, ops out last year. Kid was dominant. As a, as a red shirt sophomore, right? Dominant. I mean, 15 and a half sacks. He's all ACC rookie, the whole deal, right? A ton of tackles for loss, the whole deal. But a lot of people feel he's a project for some reason. Is this an unfair label, this project label, Rick? Or do you see him as a legit 11th overall pick in his draft? You know, because he plays defensive end, he, he kind of gets the pass, right? But it, every, everybody's like, well, Trey Lance only started 13 games. Yeah. Well... I think Greg Rousseau may have started like 15. Yeah. So you're talking about experience. Uh, you're talking about a, a year away from the game. You know, by the time he suits up in September, what's it going to be? 16 months at least until he's actually played a game. So, you know, to me, Rousseau was a guy going back now to ACC Media Day when Manny Diaz was still the coordinator there. And I saw him at uh, media day. He was saying, because he coached Manny Lawson, I think coming out of NC State back in the day. And he said, Gregory Rousseau is a Manny Lawson clone. And I thought about that. I said, well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because, you know, Manny Lawson probably played about a decade in the league. He was serviceable. I don't think he had any double-digit sack seasons. So, like, if you told me I was getting Manny Lawson with the number 11 pick, you know, and that's coming from right. the coach. So, yeah. you know, that's that's how I feel about Gregory Rousseau. But I, I do think that there's no perfect or, or there's never a perfect prospect, but there's really no clear-cut edge rusher. Like, Jason Owa, who really wowed folks at his pro day, has zero career sacks. So you're, you're, you're betting on the upside. Yeah. You know, he's a lump of clay. That you got to mold. Aziz Ojulari, who I actually have the Giants taking in my last mock draft. Okay. Because I feel like he's got the upside. He's yeah. got all the tools. Like, he he lacks some of the prototype size. 
you know, back in the day, they used to call them uh, tweeners. Now they call them hybrids. Uh, there you go. Nice. Right? Yeah, so, point. yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, like, you know, Marcus Golden was a pretty productive player for this team. Yeah. And I think he could kind of fill a lot of what Golden was doing. So I like Aziz Ojolari for the Giants as a possibility. Rashawn Slater would definitely fit. You wonder if you weigh taking a cornerback there. So I think that's what it's going to come down to. Where do you see Quiddy Pay and Jalen Phillips in that? Are they in the same kind of category or are they a, a notch below? I think, I think Jalen Phillips is the number one pass rusher based on talent. Mm-hmm. But then you got to weigh in like the guy had three or four concussions, uh, wrist surgery. I think there was a leg or, or, or foot injury surgery. Yeah. You know, so this guy's had a couple surgeries, three or four concussions. But, hey, if I'm a team like the Dolphins or the Texans and I've got four or five picks inside the top 50. Take a shot, yeah. I'm rolling the dice on this guy because yeah. at the end of the day, like our best available players in the draft guide, regardless of uh, 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 of – you know, where we think they'll come off the board when we're just ranking talent. Gregory Rousseau is a top 15 talent. Yeah. Quiddy Pay, I think, is is really, you know, probably the most ready to make an immediate impact. I don't think any of these guys are going to have a huge immediate impact, but I think Quiddy Pay could come in, provide, you know, a handful of sacks, get some uh, – Rush, you know, pressure on the quarterback and, and maybe make the more immediate impact. Whereas I think all these other guys are, are more work to be involved, more Long of term. a project. Yeah. And yep. I, I, I honestly think that you, you, you're, you're reaching at 11 for a pass rusher in this year's draft class. But just like the conversation we had about offensive tackle, you look around the league, there's 32 teams looking to upgrade the pass rush, right? And it's right. just like one of those things you've got to overdraft, you got to overpay in free agency. Like getting after the quarterback is is hard to find these guys. Can I can I just yeah, do one yeah, follow up, Chris? Yeah. So okay, so Giants pick an 11, and if Parsons is there, you would pass based on what you know. You think the Giants will? You think it's a reach for the edge if Slater's not there, and say say Pitts isn't there either, who I everybody's in love with. I nothing secret there. Obviously, then the next thing that the fans are going to say is the Giants should trade down, right? But then they say, well, you need a partner to do that. I guess the question I have for you is, like, how much do you put that on the GM to find a partner to make this work? I believe – I could be wrong. I believe David Gettleman has never, never traded never. back, right? He's never done it. So, you know, I think there's something to that because if you look at the wheeling and dealing going around the league, it's a lot of the younger GMs. Yeah. You know, so I think the older GMs kind of – are less reluctant. Okay. Also, too, at number 11, like, who, who is the guy that teams are trading up for? Yeah, I, I don't know if Mac Jones was there. Maybe. In, maybe. In New, Eng- New England maybe. might want him. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I actually mocked Mac Jones to the New England at 15. Right? I, so did I. My so. analysis starts in February, though, Rick, so I apologize, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I do think, like, the good thing for the Giants is there's a real possibility there's going to be at least three, maybe four quarterbacks within the first four picks. Yep. So I feel like we're picking seventh almost. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Right, and then Penny Sewell, Jamar Chase, and uh, Pitts. Pitts are three sure bets to be gone, right? Yep. And so there now you wonder if like Carolina or Denver takes a quarterback. Hmm. Is that Mac Jones? Is that oh, Justin? good point? You yeah. Know, so yeah. so like you could have in theory you could have five quarterbacks taken That's... before the Giants. And oh, the th- you know those three blue chippers, Chase Sewell. And Pitts, 
So now those are eight guys. So then, you know, you talk about, well, who's next after that? Right. You're going to get a good player. Now, you wonder, too, like, I know they rebuilt the offense, but the, the possibility of adding a Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddell. still in play. Could be enticing. That's still in play, Rick. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, look, a lot of people feel that's not in play anymore because of Galladay, but I don't agree with that because, you know, we were on with Gettleman and Mara right after the season ended, Rick, and they were adamant about playmakers. And we, you know, uh, of course, they had Galladay. Okay, no doubt he could be a difference maker. Who played in four games, right. by the way, last year. But he is, look, he is a, he is a difference maker when he's out there. And last year he got back. But he was playing well even last year, Rick, until he got hurt. No, right, I, right until he got hurt. Same thing with right. John Ross. Well, Ross. Like, I'm not betting, I'm not betting the form that guy's going to be. No, healthy, yeah, well, right? Ross right, right, is right. sort of like a low risk, you know, a low, a high reward yeah, kid, yeah. right? Although a kid that looked like he was. Sterling Shepard seems to always have an injury. Yeah, doesn't he? yeah. Well, Shep, you know what? Look, Rick, Shep is not the biggest kid, but he's tough as a mother effer. You know, and he and he gets banged up, but but it, but he shows up on the injury report every week. My point is the durability, right? right. As an overall unit, the, the point is, is you're making Rick obviously is that hey, don't be surprised if they go with a waddle. Don't be surprised if a Devontae Smith's there. And I agree with you, Rick. I mean, I put this on Twitter a couple weeks ago. I see four to five quarterbacks going before. The Giants pick at 11 because I don't believe Carolina or Denver, you know, I believe one of them is going quarterback. I mean, you know, I think Matt Rule's kind of made that known. You know, he, you know, Bridgewater's not their guy. We know that. And John Elway, although there's a new GM patent out there now, but Elway's still there. They're not sold on Drew Locke either, Rick, you know? So that benefits the Giants. But we're on. And I just one other note, though, too, like on a, on a, on a contending team, let's be honest though, Kenny Galladay in an ideal world is is a number two wide receiver. I'm you think saying. so? You think I, he's a two? Wow, really, Rick? All right, I'm gonna. Just I'm saying. Gonna, you know what, Paisano, I'm gonna differ with you a little bit in that one. Well, look at how about this, and, and we don't have to do it now, but uh, and I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just thinking of it. What if we went back and looked at all the teams that made the playoffs last year? Go back and tell me how many teams Kenny Galladay would be the number one guy on. I, I, I'd be curious to Baltimore? know. Baltimore? Pittsburgh? One. Wow. <laughs> well, your boy Claypool, nah, Claypool's right? out of number Chris. one yet. <laughs> I know he likes a Golden Domer guy, Chris. I mean, Juju so. Smith. Is, uh, he's a I two. Think, more you think he's a one, Juju? More, more so than oh, Kenny Galladay. Rick, Rick, I, I think it's. I love wow. you, my man, but I'm going to disagree with that one. Uh, I think. I do, wait, what did what did what did Ke, what is Kenny Galladay? What is that? One thousand yard season? Is that what I Kenny Galladay? I think he's Galladay's had two. Look, I'm not saying he's Jerry Rice, two, Rick, but he's had a couple really good seasons when healthy. And okay. well, look, let's put it this way: he's what the Giants need. We could debate. Oh no, I I I, debate, I agree with you. We could I debate think, as far as you know, is he a true number one? And I get all that. I really don't. No, I think I think the where it comes back to bite them, I think his cap number is only like four point five million for the yes. upcoming season. Yeah. So they're gonna kind of bite the bullet down the road Rick, on him. Yeah, well, a couple of these guys. But Rick, um, and we're on Rick Sevatella from the NFL Draft Bible. Excellent, excellent college draft evaluator. And you listen to the Giant Inside with Chris Bignano and Jerry Foley. Rick, they released Kevin Zeitler. God is a God is a position. That right now is unknown for the Giants. You know, they got a kid in his hasn't worked out. You know, uh, Lemieux is a kid they like a lot. 
Okay, the draft pick from last season. Um, past pro issues with him, no doubt, but they they like him. They they feel they're going to pencil him in. Okay, so Rick, talk about the guard position in this draft. At drafting in the second round, third round, is this a deep position? Do you see a kid maybe in the second round that could step in and play first game? Yeah, I th- I think there's a decent uh, guard list here and i think the guy that you want to keep an eye on is uh carmen jackson out of clemson who has played tackle at clemson projects as a guard at the next level now what's been kept very kind of quiet and swept under the rug i don't think i've seen it reported out there uh is he recently had a a back surgery or back procedure so they're saying what i'm hearing from the scouts are jackson carmen who probably top 50 player is now probably a day three prospect due to the recent procedure. But here's a guy, I don't know the the, the rehab right. timeline, but if he's if he's able to get healthy and, and get ready for training camp, I think Jackson Carmen is a guy that could probably step in. And if he's competing against a, a Shane Lemieux, who, you know, I, I think Lemieux has value, but to me, he's more of a depth, you know, backup utility swing guy because I think they had him at center a couple reps too last year in practice anyway. So I feel like he can add value in terms of playing all three interior offensive linemen. I'm not sure I want Shane Lemieux uh, starting, but Deontay Brown is a guy from Alabama. You can get him probably on day three too, but you got to worry about the weight concerns. Like he's been as much as almost 384 pounds. He weighed in uh, at the senior bowl around 350. And then his pro day, I think at 338. But if you want a guy that's, you know, P5 tested, has the resume, you know, again, you're probably going to have to put a weight clause in his contract. But there's a guy, you know, Wyatt Hubert from uh, Ohio State uh, or Wyatt Davis uh, from Ohio State had a hell of a pro day uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. And so I think I think he's a guy now. That's, at round that's uh, two. Chris's guy in the second he, round. Yeah, I think yeah. in round two, Rick, that would be a target. do you think he lasts to the Giants spot in the second round? Do you think he- yeah, I think I think that's right around the ballpark okay. for him. What, what would it be? Uh, thir- uh, 43? 43, I, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah. right around where he would be coming off the board. And then I got in my last mock, 32, was Qu- Quinn Mainers. I had uh, – who, who was – yeah, I had Quinn Mainers going to uh, the, the Bucks. I think, because of his versatility. I figured here's a guy who played guard at Wisconsin Whitewater D3 – but what he did at the Senior Bowl for the first time ever playing center, I think that's where his best position is long term. So I had Quinn Miners going to the Bucks just because they've got the the center there from New England Stevens, I think, who's kind of long in the tooth. So you draft a guy like Quinn Miners, you know, start him off at guard. Maybe he kicks over to center, but he's he could he could very well uh, be around when the how, Giants. How pick about up my three. boy Aaron Banks? Where, where do you see him going uh, mm, from Notre Dame? Yeah, Rick, where do yeah. you see him going? Jerry's so, laughing because he knows yeah, how many eggs, don't you think? All, all, all of his guys from Notre Dame are his boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, saying, right. Rick. Well, they got the offensive linemen. Uh, I was just kind of tweaking the top 100 and trying to find a home for Aaron Banks, who's right now on the outside looking in. So I, I think late day, you know, late round three, early uh, day three, he's off the board by the fourth round at the latest. Rick, I'm amazed like by your, the information that you're just throwing out here right now, right? But what well, goes we're three, three hundred and thirty something days yeah, into but, the process, but, but right? But what goes, <laughs> what goes into, into it, it though? Right? Like Something the like stuff, 
the stuff that you know, like, and that you have to know. Like, I almost feel like sometimes if, if you presented this to me, and it's funny you keep talking about Paisan, you remind me more of Tom Hagen. Like, you're giving so much information. I feel like Michael Corleone, like, I just need a straight answer from you. Like, it's almost like, like paralysis by analysis. Yeah. Like, you're just, it's so much. Like, it's amazing, man. I'm, I'm blown away by this, but um. I always thought the draft process was more about educating than providing opinions, though. Like, that's what we drive yeah. to do. Like, hey, we'll, we'll give you all the information you need, right? Yeah. And then you come to your own conclusion and make your best judgment. But, you know, Intel in the COVID era, man, is so powerful right now. But you, you must look at Twitter, though, when you, when you see people say things about the draft. You must look at it and shake your head like, this guy has no idea what the hell he's talking about. I, I try not to spend too much time on there. I'm, I'm right. more of a retweet guy or okay. a promoting content guy. And or when someone says, my sources tell me about this guy, you must be like, I've got this covered six months ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, what, what's funny about the media is they're always playing catch up, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's like the, the stuff that they're throwing out there, it's like, all right, that's for us. Been there, done that. And, yeah, right. You know, and so, like, hey, you know, I, I've never been too concerned with what other people are doing. Um, I've got so much other stuff to worry about. You know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Rick, outside linebacker. How you have a, how you have my guy from Notre Dame with the woo? You know, he seems to be climbing here. His stock seems to be rising, Rick, as we move along in the process. Where do you see him? Jock Owusu. Uh, Karamasi, uh, yes, <laughs> you know, he, he's to me like he's the closest thing to Isaiah Simmons in this really? year's draft. Okay, I, I think so. Like he, you can line him yeah. up all over the field. Uh, I think he can, you know, drop in coverage. He can uh, be, you know, pursuit ball, ball tackler in, in the run game. Uh, y- you could probably, you know, kind of use him as a joker. I mean, I think he's got such a versatile skill set. And the que- the only question is, like, do, do, do you just draft a guy and find a home for him because he's so good, or do you have a specific game plan on how you want to utilize his, his skill set? Because, you know, he's kind of got a, a, a modern-day athletic linebacker frame. And, it's and interesting you can get to creative that. with that. Yeah, because last year we had uh, Dave Syverson on from our lads, and he contributes to the insider. And the one thing he said about Isaiah Simmons was, you can't draft him and build around him. He's not that guy. He's a guy you have to add to a defense. So it sounds like uh, the linebacker for Notre Dame, it's the same, same scenario. Yeah, I think what do you so. See, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. Now, now, what do you I'm, see him, no, Rick? Do you see him late first say, round? Do you see him second round? Yeah, I think, I think my question. Uh, yep. 22 to 32, somewhere Here's what there. I like about him, Rick. You know, I, look, I watch these college games, you know, and this and I watch a lot, but obviously, you know, knowing you at your level. But, you know, this is what I always look for, Rick. Watching and it's now the NFL. I'm a, you know I'm a total junkie. I watch every damn thing, right? And I, you know, and a lot of guys are projected here, but I want to see guys that are active. You know what I mean, Rick? And one thing with the woo, the can we, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the last name, but I call we'll him Jock. I, I know they call the woo on the campus a lot and all that. Anyway, very active, Rick. Very active on mm-hmm. the field. And would it surprise you if you went as 18 or 19? No, I think, you know, anywhere – if you said the top half of the first round, I said right. that might be a little high, but I think anywhere in the second uh, part. And and to that point, like having a nose for the football, being a, a, a true ball hawk, 
Patty Fisher is another one of those guys on day three, the Northwestern linebacker. And, you know, again, you're going to look at the measurables and say, hey, really nothing impressive here. But then, you know, you pop on the film, hey, every play, there's there's Patty right. Fisher. There's that- Patty, just shows up constantly around the ball. And he's a coach's dream. Well, you mm-hmm. know, you, you get the character of a Patty Fisher. He may or may not get drafted. He's, like, right on the fringe there. But I'll tell you what, once you get him in camp, coaches won't be able to hey, cut You know what's guy. funny, Rick? You know, just dropping back to last year's draft, when the Giants drafted Carter Coughlin, okay, I said to Jerry, I remember texting Jerry, I said, yo, Jerry, you're going to like this kid. I saw this kid a few times at Minnesota. This kid's active, man. This kid's really active. Were you surprised he dropped to the seventh round last year, or did you have an undrafted free agent? And do you see this kid as being something for the Giants? I mean, he, you know, he gave some quality snaps last year in his snaps, Rick, that he got. Do you see him as a kid that, hey, this kid's going to get better and better for you guys? Okay. Not necessarily. I think... I think our scouting department was was uh, uh, had him on again a fringe right. kind Which of day was. three yeah. UDFA you know so I, I I don't know like what role the Giants right. want to utilize him in uh, I, I think there are some kind of limitations there with with the Carter Coughlin and you know honestly you follow these guys and until they get to the pros you don't really get to pay attention to each and every guy but i don't even remember hearing his name last year like i i would have completely forgot that carter coughlin was on the team so you know again i i don't think he did too much did he guys no he he had a couple he He had had a good game in seattle um he had a couple of games he got okay when given the chance played pretty decent he got some pressures i think he had a sack right there one sack um and the giants utilize him with different patrick graham you know was used utilize him different ways um and what like what Graham does and Judge does, Rick, is sort of like what Bill does up in New England, where one game, yeah, sure, one hybrid. game, Rick, yeah. a guy will get 60 snaps. And next game, he'll get 18 snaps, depending on... Yeah, ba- you, based Rick. on matchup I mean, and that's, opponent. That's Belichick sure. all the way, yeah. depending on the opponent. So, And if I remember correctly... Two, you know, the year before, like, I think Carter Coughlin had a down season, maybe. And the and the previous year, he had a really good season. Yes. So, like, the expectations were up here, right? Second, the, sec, I think second most sacks next to Chase Young all, right. all in. Very and, weird, yeah. And, yeah. And, and then, like, the production right. just dropped. Yeah. And, and I think that's why, like, we kind of soured on him. But, it, you know, now that we're talking through the process and remember, you know, so many uh, names in the Rolodex to go through. But, yeah, at one point. He was like, not the year he came out, but the year before he came out, he was actually considered a very highly thought of prospect. So, you know, again, you you've got to uncover the gems and find out what players fit with your coaching staff, and you know, maybe the Giants found something there. This is the fastest thirty-eight minutes we've had so far, Rick. So I apologize. hopefully you can keep going because this is fascinating. Yeah, let's do um, it. Last year, the biggest surprise right out of the draft was Matt Parrott. Um, in the third round, mm. where did you have him? Just curious. Probably like fourth yeah. or fifth he, round. Oh, okay, so it's not, not, it wasn't a crazy reach. Okay, but when I saw him in there starting, I was like, "Wow, that's not exactly what I anticipated his rookie year." But then, correct me if I'm wrong here. He had some games where you could say he played better Rick, than Andrew Thomas. Yes. You had him like yeah. in the fourth round, but I remember specifically. And you put, you know, the kids got to get stronger. But here's the thing, and Rick, you 100 percent correct. 100 percent correct. So here I am, Rick. I, I'm expecting this. 
lanky kid, which he was in college, right? Got to get strong. Got to build up the upper body to hold the You're So, Rick, here I am in camp, and I'm seeing this kid. It's like he bulked up overnight, Rick. And I'm watching him in camp every day. Jerry, am I wrong? And I'm texting Jerry going, yo, I mean, <laughs> this kid looks better than Andrew Thomas at times. Yeah. And I'm watching him every day. So yeah. here's a kid that gets, you know, he kind of bulks up the frame a bit and everything like that. And he looks like he could be a very good third-round pick, Rick, you know. But that's exactly the way you had it. You had him as a middle-round kid that when he bulks up could be a really solid prospect and that's the way it's heading for right now rick you know so yeah um, i liked what i saw there and i think you know if he winds up winning the left tackle job you, right tackle right yeah. tackle. yeah but um, what, i could tell you this rick they have him in right now it's his job to lose i mean sold is there so they've obviously you got a guy in there you know he's a swing tackle right now or you could play right tackle if they need him and all that but right yeah, now I, I, you know to me soldier is like whatever he provides is a bonus yeah. at this point right yeah right now they want Perth to win that spot rick that's where they're at with him i'm gonna put you on the spot rick when you when based on all the research you do and all the work you guys put in when you look at the nfl teams after you see them draft year in and year out who does it the best in your opinion and then where do the Giants fall in that? I'm just curious how you look at it. To me, the Giants for a very long time were one of the best. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought what Ernie, of course, he did with passing the torch to Jerry Reese. And they won the Super Bowl immediately after yes. Ernie left. Yes. But Let's be honest, you know, I thought Jerry got somewhat of a raw deal because everybody said, well, he won with Ernie Acorsi's team. Mm-hmm. But remember that draft. Oh, seven. First draft. Great. Every every player contributed except for um, one. The uh, uh, starts with a K. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but you're exactly right. Every yeah. single draft pick. Yeah. Didn't just contribute. They played like a keyword. Like Ahmad Bradshaw, I think they got in the sixth or seventh round. Seventh round. Yep. Seventh round. So, you know, so like if that draft doesn't happen, yeah, the Giants don't win the Super Bowl that year. Yep. So I thought like Jerry Reese, I don't know how many years he was there working under a Corsi. But a Corsi to me, that is you know, they there there there's probably nobody in the league currently as good as Ernie Acorsi. And what's funny is a Corsi would strike out in the first round but build second and on, right? Like he had the William Josephs, the Ron Danes, the Will Allens, you know, like guys that just didn't yeah. do anything. And then but later, he had a, a couple bad luck with the LSU safety got into the accident. David that was, that Wilson. was Jerry Reese. Yeah. Oh, that was Reese. Yeah. David Wilson. Was that Reese? That was Reese too. That was Reese. Yeah. Yeah. But like then he, he drafted OCU Manura from Troy state and it was like, OCU Manura, what? Who's this? And gold. So it's good. That's interesting. Hey, well, I, I always thought the giants did a good job, but to answer your question to me, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, Evan Colbert, uh, again, Ozzy Newsom, and again, what they groomed with Eric uh, DaCosta there. Again, yeah. there wasn't like no fall off. They didn't skip a beat, yeah. right? And so, like Baltimore, Pittsburgh, um, Johnny Lynch is doing a pretty good job too in a few years there. John Lynch is doing yeah. a good job. How about Chris Ballard? Chris Ballard is doing an unbelievable job. Chris yep. Ballard is one of how about Dave Gettleman? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, we want to hear. We want to hear it, man. We want to hear it. Yeah, give it to us, buddy. You can say, "Come on." Well, <laughs> come on, be honest. You know, I I respect 
uh, Mr. Gettleman a lot because, you know, he's he's been around the block. And I think I, I, I do credit if you look at Tom Coughlin when he came in, Strahan was like, yo, lane up, buddy. Yeah, like, right. Adapt. Yep. You know, and he did. And I think David Gettleman, like, you know, and, and, and I know, like, from ownership, it was maybe more so about analytics and, like, hey, you got to inject some of this modernized thinking. But I, I, I give Gettleman credit for really realizing that he had to delegate more responsibility. So um, Kevin Abrams now and, and Chris Pettit, like, to me, Chris Pettit is the de facto GM. I mean, I'm on, I'm on the scouting trails. I'm at Rutgers one week. There's Chris Pettit. I'm in goddamn California, UCLA. The following week, there's Chris Pettit. Like, yeah. he's, like, combing the country from coast to coast. So, to me, like, Chris Pettit is the guy now that's really the GM. Kevin Abrams is the one doing all the contracts. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, like, Gettleman now has made himself really the CEO of the operation. So, I think it's the end-all, be-all with Gettleman. And – I, I think he's had his streaks, you know, he's had his runs, but I am a big believer in building from the inside out. Yeah. So I agree with that philosophy. Now have the picks panned out? Not so much. Yeah. Right. You know, you mentioned Andrew Thomas, you mentioned Will Hernandez, you know, even in free, like, I feel like, what are we, are we going on year four or five with Gentlemen? Four. I, and I feel like every year we've tried to remake this offensive line. Yeah. Yep. And every year, it's like turnstiles on the edge. Yeah, right? it's the they're, biggest they're, failure so far. The pass rushers just keep on coming. So I think I agree with this philosophy. I think he's run, run into some tough luck with the Giants, boy. I mean, he didn't inherit the greatest situation from no. what he took over. Right. Uh, that, that, especially that, that limbo year of Ben McAdoo, I mean, that, that the organization was as messy as, as it's ever been. Since ever. the 70s, yeah. Right? So – you know, there was a lot of cleanup to do, and now he's mucking it all up. Now, I think the biggest difference that I have with David Gettleman is I didn't see Daniel Jones as a franchise quarterback. To me, and if you read the, the scouting report, hey, folds like a cheap suit under pressure. Right. And yeah, well, that was, that was based on – that was our reaction. was based on a lot of the stuff we were reading when they drafted him. So we didn't see it either, that. but, yeah, okay. Well, Rick – were you surprised they drafted Andrew Thomas? Was that he was the first tackle taken, fourth overall this year? Did that shock you? I I I went back and forth with the tackles last year. I, I thought they were very close. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It would be easy for me to sit here now and say, yeah, you know, they should have taken, you know, the other two guys. Well, you, well, we didn't have we didn't have him one. Well, well, Rick, to be honest with you, you had him like fourth ranked, you know, and yeah. he basically played. Fourth ranked last year, man. You had worse ahead of him. Chris you know, had Becht and I had worse. Yep. So I, you know, I'm going to be honest. You know, I, maybe you don't want to blow some smoke up your own butt. But I'll do it for you. But you did have Andrew. You did have Andrew Thomas, like the fourth guy. You know, and everything. You like I explained at the beginning of the podcast. Some of the issues you concerns you had for him did appear. Okay. Um, now that doesn't mean he can't turn out to be a very solid left tackle for the next ten years. We know that, but. Um, it was a surprise, right? I mean, a little bit that he was taken fourth overall. Well, the Wer Werf's kid looked really good, and mm. that turned out to be pretty good. So we'll leave yes. it there. Rick, when you come on this podcast, you have to brag about what you got right because we, <laughs> we do it all the time. So that's fine. All right. You know what, Rick? I guess, Jerry, we can start 
I guess to start wrapping it, Rick, Rick, give us a few sleepers that you see coming out of this draft. Well, first of all, you know, I just want to say, guys, I, I am based in New Jersey, and I'm all about the people, and I do a lot of media appearances, right? But none probably more in the metropolitan tri- tri-state area. So the Giants fans have gotten to know me over the years. Like, I saw your comments when you guys said I was going to be on. I got nothing but love for the Giants fans out there. And to me, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, better than any payday is, is listening to how much value that we're providing to folks when it comes to the draft. Because 55 million people tuned in to this event last year. And honestly, I watch NFL Network. You want me to call some people out, ESPN? I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed what I'm seeing, especially day three. And hmm. – you know, here I am trying to watch the draft because the NFL no longer does anything for the media on day three, unless you are ESPN or NFL Network. So here I am now forced to watch the draft on TV. Right. And I got about 10 picks scrolling across the bottom while they're still talking about guys drafted on round one. And I'm right. like, why, why are you insulting your fan base like this? Yeah. Right. Because the fans want to know right. about their new players. And you guys don't have the knowledge or know how to talk about them. This is a real problem. So we're going to do our own live coverage this year. Nice. All three days. And I I didn't mean to go around the world there, but I wanted to kind of bring this in because one of the comments was like, hey, I love the fact that Rick shines the spotlight on the small school prospects because that's honestly how I earned a living in this business. Like when when I got my start in it, it wasn't about identifying the top 100 guys. If you can't do that, then go find a new, new profession. Like, come come show me the guys, diamonds in the rough, yeah. small yep. school, FCS. Like, it's remarkable only six players from the FCS level were drafted last year. You know why, guys? Because scouts are scared, like Jerry Glanville would say. They're scared, <laughs> all right? Because they didn't have the ver- verified measurements. They didn't have the verified measurables no scout is going to pound the table and like people don't realize it is harder to become a nfl scout than it is an nfl player okay (laughs) when the xfl and cfl were up and running there was 750 scouting jobs on the planet 750 that's between three leagues yeah there's at least 1500 players in the nfl so like it's a hard job and once you get one of these jobs believe it or not there's very few guys willing to cause ripples or waves like they most scouts play it conservatively right like i got one of these jobs let me hold on to it because they they don't want to go out on a limb you're saying what i'm saying is they will never pound the table for a small school guy yeah and what i'm saying is like have some balls watch the film and say yo this guy can play football like cam gill from wagner i mean i told anybody and everybody who would listen but nobody wanted to listen in the league. They said, right. oh, he's got 31-inch arms. I, don't, I got no use for him. Too short, you know, can't, no length. Stuck, you know, he can't play end. He can't play linebacker. Got no use for the guy. I said, but he can play football. Right. And what's he? He's in the Super Bowl recording sacks. Yep. You yep. know, and so to me, like, hey, I love the fact that the fans love I highlight small school guys. So that's the lead into the next segment here, queuing you guys up. Well, well, Rick, there's nobody more intelligent than the Giants fan base. 
I'm not yeah. saying that because you know we covered him. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. Look, you know, listen, Rick. Yeah, you, know, you know, I've been watching this a long time too, but you know, what I mean, from since the '70s, you know, I, you know, different fan bases, and you agree. I, I'm sure you somewhat agree. So what you what you're saying about that third day, right? That Saturday, the third round, the third from the, from the fourth round to the seventh. Giant fans appreciate that, my man. Yeah. When you're talking about a kid in the seventh round, hey, this is what I saw from this kid. He does this. He does this well. He does it. He's a little – he needs working. Giant fit. the true Giant fans appreciate that. I know. It. You know, the, the fly-by – I call them the fly-by-night football fans that come in and they only know the stars yeah. and they only want to talk about the first-round picks. Rick, the real Giant fans, well, I still – you know, like I just said, consider – one of the most intelligent fans there is. Okay. When you're on there doing your live thing this year and you're talking about some kid from Wagner, okay. By the way, I went there, Wagner, a couple of years myself. Okay. Did you visit the campus there, Rick? One of Wagner? my favorite, one of my favorite visits on the scouting trails. Okay, there you go. I actually played baseball. I actually was there a couple of years. Okay. Beautiful campus. Beautiful. Yeah, they actually shot a lot of movies there, Rick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but getting back, they're gonna want to hear that, my man. They want to know what the sixth round pick was eating for breakfast yesterday morning. You get what I'm saying? I do. As a matter of fact, Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa came on my show. And I said, Ellerson, I said, my man, what is the diet looking like these days? And he said, yo, I got to eat between 4,000 and 4,400 calories (laughs) per day just to maintain my, my playing weight of 261. Yeah. But. I don't know if you saw this guy at 6'6", six, six, no. 261, I think he ran a 4.6140, had like a 41 and a half inch vert right. as no, a defensive no. end. Crazy. Wow. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like wow. Ellison Smith, and I don't know what's in the water or the cornfields in northern <laughs> Iowa, yeah. but like on the other end, Spencer Brown, to me, might be the most underrated tackle and I would hope that he would be available for the Giants there at 43, but I don't think he's going to last, fellas. This Spencer Brown, another guy, six foot eight. You know, I think he ran a 4.840 as a tackle. Like, Northern Iowa has got something in the water going on. So those are two guys. We, we mentioned the gut, Quinn Manners from D- Division III, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. You saw how high Ali Marpet went. I think Quinn Manners is, is going to go even higher. And, you know, uh, I want to highlight some more s- small school guys. I'm just trying to freestyle here. Uh, how about the the cornerback Brian Mills from NCA and T? He went down to the Senior Bowl where everybody was talking about Robert Rochelle, Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas, right? Robert Rochelle, and he who hit 23 miles per hour on the catapult, by the way, uh, and ran I think like a 4-3-4-40. Great height at six foot one, Robert Rochelle, but stiff in the hips. He was getting burnt. I mean, like, talk about a burnt piece of toast down in Mobile all week long. Right. Was Robert. But then you had Brian Mills, who people didn't have these expectations for, and he just kind of shut guys down all week. Another one of these six foot one and a half, six foot two corners. And uh, Mac McLean is another guy, you know, from uh, uh, NC Central, I believe. And, I, you know, another guy that's really probably day three but will come in and outperform a lot of guys who get taken ahead of them. And it's going to be interesting to see. Like Dylan Ray Duns was down there at the Senior Bowl, North Dakota State, offensive tackle, uh, another small school prospect. Jaquan Hardy out of Tiffin, 
is a running back that you could hear possibly on day three. Um, he's not from a small school, but he's got a small stature. And I, I think he might wind up being the best running back in this year's draft class, even though he's about the you know pint size like Darren Sproles. But Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo out there in the MAC, I love this kid. I, I think he's going to play a decade in the league, Jarrett Patterson. If you told right. me 10 years from now we're asking who the best running back in this year's draft is, Jarrett Patterson is, is a guy that I just don't think gets enough uh, love out there in the scouting community. So, you know, got to shine a spotlight on some of those small school guys yeah. and, and, and give those guys love as well. Great stuff, Rick. Jerry, anything else? Man, this has been enlightening. Uh, it's been fun as hell. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to come back on um, probably sooner than later, Rick. Maybe. I mean, this has been this is incredible. Um, I'm, re- I'm ready for the in-person studio show. When is that coming? <laughs> we have to get That's a studio first. <laughs> Right from your back deck, you love what? Yeah, that's the thing, man. Unfortunately, I can find us, can find us yeah. a, a rooftop out here at the beach comb. Unfortunately, right I have your cell now, so and you live in Lavalette, so you'll be texted. Yeah, often. I, 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 last time I checked, the beachcomber was available. So, I, I, I like the sound of that, Rick. You, Rick, you, you like you, you look like a cigar guy. You're a cigar guy. Absolutely. Well, I got. Look at me. Look at me. This is what I. This is how I bribe people. I bribe giants all over the place. You know what I mean? You got a Cubano for me, Paisan. There you go. I didn't know that was coming. Oh, you saw me and Mark Collins. Yeah, Mark Collins was salivating when I told him I'm gonna get him a Cuban. If we're talking cigars, we better come correct now, right? Well, look, look. I'm an old Staten Island guy, so you know I can get the Cubans, Rick, and I'll hook you up, my man. You're on the list now. Sounds good to me. I got you. Got the uh, Cubans. I got the Cabana. On the beach. That's that's yeah, more. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> Sounds incredible, Rick. Cubano, hey, they, I think we just invented a new podcast: Cubanos and Cubanas. <laughs> there it is on the beach <laughs> in lava, <laughs> like a nice post-draft uh, session there, buddy, or a training camp. I think it's yeah, on the board. Not? Why not? Uh, good stuff, man. This has been unbelievable, uh, Rick. Yeah, Rick thank, you, thank you enough for coming on and shedding light. I think this is going to be an extremely downloaded episode. Um, you gave us some incredible information and, and you, you really are, really are an expert at what you do, buddy. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Chris. And, and thank you all the Giants fans for, for showering me with love and support throughout all the years and, you know, kind of being an independent guy on, on the scene, not being affiliated with the mainstream media, as you guys know is tough to survive especially in the nfl draft business so again uh shout out to 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 the nfl draft bible staff and all the fans and you guys for having me and i had fun man chopping it up with some jersey guys slash new yorkers and uh yeah we'll do it again i I have a feeling you're gonna get a lot more followers after this bud we're gonna and you know what rick absolutely and you know what rick like the waves here in lavalette man let them crash baby And your name is going to be bouncing around the Giants' halls, which I'm sure it is now, Rick. Oh, God, yeah. But I can tell you this, Rick, my man. Um, there's a few people that are pretty close to me that are very, very close to what's going on in the Giants building. And um, I'm sure they know. Believe me, they're, they're looking into your stuff, and I'm going to make sure they're looking into you, your stuff even more, my man. Uh, you got oh, my yeah. word in that. So you no doubt about it. it. You take care, Rick. 
Yeah, and just a reminder too, uh, the NFL Draft Bible publications coming out yep. on April 1st, so you can get your copy at allaccessfootball.com, and then of course nfldraftbible.com is now on the Sports Illustrated Network, and everything we do is up on Twitter at NFL Draft Bible. Thank you so much. Yeah, I should have led you into that. I'm just blown away by everything you said today. Well, no, it's all good, brother. You know, listen, I got a daily show myself, so I could pick up the the, the hosting duties where you're slacking. It's all good, (laughs) Nice, man. Thanks, buddy. Come on, Rick. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that because that was incredible. To order a subscription to The Giant Insider, go to www.thegiantinsider.com. Go to magster.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. And download The Giant Insider app from the App Store. And if you're having any issues, please direct message us and we will take care of it. Got a lot of new subscribers this week. Got to keep it going. Thank you all for the time. And remember, guys, Sundays are giant days. Take care, everybody.